This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora and welcome to Garden of Sound, brought to you by The Nephilist. I'm Ian Turner and this week my guest is Goodwill. But first, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe by heading to gardenofsound.nz and clicking on any of the subscription links on the homepage. Goodwill, otherwise known as Will McGillivray, former attendee of the North Parade Academy for Young Gentlemen and one third of the band Nomad. It's been eight years since Will and Co started that folk pop thing and much water has passed under the bridge, including that great gig killer COVID and a stint mentoring young folks through Soul Academy. But what has flourished in the last two years is Will's production and his own sound. We're mere months away from a new EP and today we get to hear his latest single. But how much further can Will take both his music and his production in the years to come? This is the Garden of Sound interview with Goodwill on Plains FM 96.9. Will, was there a moment in your life when you went, music? There were probably little sparks growing up. Yeah. The first thing I can remember is um, the old Inter Islander ad. Okay. Cruising on the Interrail. Do you remember that yeah, song? No, Ham and Gamble, I think. They were the team that did that. I have that. no idea. Yeah, the point yeah, is, yeah, I, yeah. I was about four, so I have no idea. But I used to love um, I used to love just singing that song all yep. the time. And I just know that's the thing. Maybe because I remember, or maybe because my parents have told me I used to always do that. And I had this little fake like children's guitar where you'd press buttons on it and it would music would come out. Yeah. And I used to love that. And then I think... Uh, yeah, the first thing that really made me get into it was my brother learning drums. Yeah. And like your, you want to always be like your big brother, I learned drums as well. And I think he ended up quitting drums because I had like more of a neck than it, uh, a neck for it than he did. And okay. I was five or something. Yeah. And he was like, I'm not going to be showed up by my little brother. And then he learned <laughs> guitar. And then eventually I remember some friends in school getting guitar lessons. And I was like, oh, I want to get out of class and learn guitar. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing that. And yeah, singing, but there's there's no, I don't remember a specific moment other than just slowly picking it up and enjoying it and listening to music. Apart from that wonderful plug for the Inter-Islander, um, does your brother do music anymore? No, he does not do music anymore. I'm the only musical one in my family. There was no music brought in from mum or dad, no instruments? or No, there's nothing like that other than just music. Um, that I was listening to. They must have had music at home. There must have been a radio on or something, or at least the TV. Yeah, I think I listened to the same thing that everybody my age listens to when you've got parents that are my age. And that's, yeah. um, we used to listen to heaps of David Gray growing up and Jack Johnson. Those are okay. my early memories. And, and uh, yeah, lots of people like that. But then also Pink Floyd and okay. Neil Young and Van Morrison and okay. Cat Stevens all feels very familiar. Where did you go to high school? I went to Shirley Boys. Okay, Shirley. And what was that like as a musical institution? That was great. I think it's especially great because I met some great friends there who I ended up making music with for eight years or so. Mm. Um, Usher and Cullen yeah. from the band Nomad that I was in. Yeah, I've got such a fond memory of it that I probably can't tell you, but I know that I loved it. Yeah. We had f- super cool teachers and people that were yeah, just, just keen for us to be doing our thing. and So it wasn't your typical... It boys school where it's all about the cricket and the rugby 
and you know the musos can can f off. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a. I think that's definitely a thing. We were probably too into it to care. Okay, but we were also um, also notoriously we had a notoriously bad work ethic okay. when we were really young, and we'd we'd rather watch stuff on YouTube. Yep than practice um but we also had a lot of fun doing that stuff tell me about that first moment when at least the three of you looked at one another and you felt something click you especially have a moment like that when you're singing and you're harmonizing as well because i think it's even more interlocked than we can all play bass and guitar and drums yep together you know Having said that, I don't remember literally like the song it might have been. Yeah. But if it was going to be a song, it yeah. would be um, What a Wonderful World. And we were learning how to do a barbershop really? version of that. Okay, super cool. It's way off from... Yeah. yeah. But that's that's how we learned how to harmonize was um, learning barbershop. And yeah. it's such a good way to do it. And you have to remember your parts and they're super complicated harmonies. And, and you have to listen to yeah. one another. Yeah. Uh, was there any classical stuff for you? growing up classical music mm. no i've i'm still yet to really indulge into classical music mm. um you weren't exposed to any sort of crazy sort of like new age kind of stuff either some really out there bits and pieces that a teacher may have bought to class no other than the things you've kind of painfully have to get through yeah. with your class yeah that never really grabbed me classical yeah. music i can f- definitely appreciate it but i've never been Definitely never been drawn to make it and probably don't um, have the skills to make it either. Ah, you must have had lessons. I mean, there wasn't any sort of grade seven, grade eight guitar or anything like that. No, similar? no, I'm in fact not a guitar virtuoso. Tell me about the band, at least when we're talking about um, Nomad. Um, it seems like there wasn't a drummer, a proper drummer yeah. at any point. Was that a conscious decision or you never found the right person or just easier? I'd say... Uh, yeah, it's just the fact that we've there were three of us, you yeah. know, and the way that it kind of ended up working like that was even when we were doing barbershop, you needed four parts yeah. for barbershop. Yep. And we only had three. So eventually that got phased out and we were like, hmm, what else can we do? And we got into a really bad Mumford and Sons phase. But there was no drummers, you know. There there was never a drummer in these bands and we didn't really need one until we started to record music that yep. had drums and we were like I used to actually play a kick drum. Yeah. Yep. when I played and then eventually we just needed to get a drummer but yeah that's why we're all guitar players really and yeah. Cullen who played bass was just like well I guess I've got I to jump well. on the bass and exactly. even Usher one of the other guys was playing banjo and who were your influences then because you've sort of reeled off quite a few who few were names. they yeah I think we used to love listening to Mumford and Sons was a was a horrible yeah. phase for us where what do you say horrible I say horrible with a smile on my face because we used to just copy them to death. Yes. And we'd get a little bit offended when people would liken us to Mumford and Sons. <laughs> and we'd be like, oh, you oh, guys. No. And, we're and doing so, <laughs> so different. Yeah, and we thought we were a world away, but looking yeah. back, it's, it's pretty close. It's a carbon copy of Mumford and Sons. But uh, I also loved Ben Howard Yeah. back yeah. in the day. And um, yeah, anyway, I used to watch a lot of stuff on YouTube. I'd get home from school and watch live concerts on YouTube and yeah. whoever was cool to watch a live concert of, John Mayer or anybody, that's kind of who we were enjoying, mm. yeah, before Spotify. Um, what was the dream for you guys when you were together and things were going real well? A real dream we had was playing at Red Rocks. Okay, where is that? That's in Colorado, I think. 
Um, but it's just this amazing venue. And that was like a real thing we had set for ourselves. Yeah. Other than that, we were cruising and hoping for the best. But um, yeah, that was the main the main kind of thing. And to be playing shows as often as we could was kind mm-hmm. of the thing for us. Yeah, We'll get to some of that performance experience in just a bit. Uh, it's time for some music and you've chosen a track from Aldous Harding. Um, would you consider her an influence in some of your current stuff yeah for sure yeah i'm i'm really drawn to anything that makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable when i first hear it okay or um anything that i think yeah is challenging me i think is a great thing for me to be listening to and i also like to if i'm trying to be if i'm trying to listen to something to feel inspired i want it to be way further away than you know, I don't want to be inspired by just someone who is quite nice and, yeah. Where's that line between something that's brilliant and challenging to something that is just obtuse and bizarre and the person's possibly gone out of their way to just be mm. strange? Yeah, I guess I guess it can still be black and white, or at least to me, if I've, if I still get something out of it emotionally or, you know, if I still like it or it sounds cool then it's worthwhile but there is you can get into a land where it's more like just exploration isn't it to see how far you can push and that's cool it's probably not something i would listen to because i'm quite a simple song guy but okay um but i think that stuff's great to listen to because it it means your what you think is possible is you know is pushed even if it's way further than you'd ever go it means you kind of also move with them i think a little bit yeah yeah All right, well, here is the very non-challenging party by Aldous Harding. Love it. Thank you. 
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Goodwill on Plains FM 96.9. Easier to say than McGillivray. There we go, you got it. What was the first gig that you got along to um, as a punter? There were so many gigs that I ended up going to, especially uh, once I was in the band, Nomad. Mm. That was when we really started to be able to go to gigs. And I do remember going to gigs as a kid and I remember doing all of that, but just seeing lots of live music was something that I really enjoyed really early on because you're you're at a festival playing or something and 
once you've played and especially then was you yep. know we're at like 12 30 p.m as yep. soon as possible they'd put us on and because you were so young yeah yeah, yeah. and we were just just starting off and um okay. yeah it was so cool to be able to just watch heaps of music and be learning and i think the first proper gig that i remember really watching once i was into music which was really helpful was like a fly my pretties one that was in christchurch okay. yeah yeah i just i just remember that was when we were starting to get into music and i was way more attentive and i was mm. like oh that's how you talk in between the song you know or that's how you um end the song or if that's how you cope if your guitar string breaks you know all yeah. of that stuff yeah from then on we got to see heaps of live music and it was so helpful you know and even if even if you don't really enjoy a performance you know which happens all the time because mm. not everything is everyone's cup of tea there's always something to learn from a performance you know mm. even if it's ah oh, that that person's guitar probably could have been a different one or if they probably should have tuned or you know there's always yes. little things that you can learn and not to like be yeah not to be like picky yeah but you still pick up on those things yeah it's, it's nice to slowly build yeah. build up little um yeah little nuggets of knowledge you can use in your own practice who was managing you were you managed were you self-managed back in the back in the day when we were in high school we were um the reason we kind of started was because of rock quest yeah not long after that uh a manager called lorraine barry started managing us mm. how did that um, come about because she's she's no slouch yeah so she uh she was managing jukes from christchurch yep and the guitar player from jukes was nomad's mentor mm -hmm. and he's still someone who's really close to me and helps with my music and all of that yep. um brad banks and yep. he just introduced us to lorraine when she was here for something and yep. yeah from then on we were f maybe 15 or so and we yeah. yeah it's actually it's really young now that i look back at it but we felt ready ish at the time so ready for what was to to unfold what was the end of nomad has there been an end yeah yep there has been an end it kind of just came from having done it for so long and yep. um eight years you said yeah eight yeah. years and we were all pretty keen to just be able to work on something that was our own yep. and be able to just see something through from start to finish by ourselves and yeah we were kind of drawn to that and the other thing which happened which was a real bummer was we had really cool gigs lined up just before that first lockdown okay um right and then we were like ah oh, this feels, okay. feels like the time do you reckon we'll have a, a z situation come at least in 15 years you'll be doing your 20th anniversary or thereabouts? Yeah. i have no idea i still f talk to the boys probably every day and um yeah. produced cullen's music for yep. him the news um so I've no, I'm sure we'll be working on things together. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not sure exactly what form it will take, but yeah, yeah we already are playing in bands together and stuff. And yeah, it's a small country as well. Yeah, small um, country and a very small city. Did you have any nightmare moments on stage uh, at that point? The worst one that I had, I've had a I've had a couple where my guitar would fall off its stand okay. while it was plugged in, and with a pickup. Okay. You know, like going live, yeah. and yeah. so it's insanely loud. And so the whole venue knows that my guitar has dropped off. Okay. And that always felt a little bit embarrassing, which is great. And then... Um, Any long-term damage from those kind of situations? No, huh? actually. But the other thing that was really funny is we used to have this song where it started cold with the vocal and the whole band came in. Yep. And we were opening for Hanson, actually. 
okay. in, in Auckland, which was really funny. Wow. And um, we had like a horrifying sound check and there was no gear there and all this kind of stuff. And so it was really stressful. Got to the gig and the band counted in the song but i hadn't heard the key of the song yet oh shit and so i came in cold and just had to guess a key and was way off and it was a full-blown it was like the moment where i'm like wow this is the stuff that happens in your dreams where is your pitch these days i don't know i actually think about singing very little for for some reason yeah maybe i've just been doing it for so long Um, yeah i hope it's good do you think it's improved from producing i'm not sure i'm sure it's uh, improved when I'm trying to produce my own voice or something. Yep. Live is, feels very different to singing in a studio and you're yeah. even looking for a different thing. Yeah. I think I would... Um, seems like in a studio, I'm always looking for flaws much yep. more than live. Yep. You know, if you, you yep. don't necessarily want that as much. We're going to be talking about some of your new original music uh, in the next section of the show. Uh, but first, I just want to jump on to a big thief track, mm. uh, which you want to play called Mythological Beauty. Yes, please. Um, it's got a very cool video, which I saw just last night, and some uh, some adult themes, possibly. I actually in haven't it. even seen the video. I oh, okay. hardly ever watch music videos. Why do you want to? Why is this a favorite track of yours? This is just a song that gets me every time. And um, it might not even be something I can put my finger on, but I just know that the songwriting is exactly what kind of gets me going in terms of songwriting and music and this is kind of where my benchmark is the song here and the way that adrian linker who's the singer writes her lyrics and her melodies i just think it's so beautiful and um yeah it's also just very very simple and it's not um overproduced and yeah it's beautiful super cool mythological beauty big thief
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Goodwill on Plains FM 96.9. And at the end of the section, uh, we're going to be hearing new music from you, from your album. But the single is released today. The single. Fantastic. You got it. So the single we're about to hear. What's the um, EP going to be called? The EP is going to be called In Control. In Control. Yeah. Okay. And what's a rough ETA on In Control? <laughs> See, I should know these things. I'm going to say... Uh, Soon? Next couple of months? I'm just cruising with how I release the, the singles. And as long as I know when the next one is coming out at any given time, you can kind of... Do you want to be touring it? I would love to be playing a show at some point okay. in the next um, five years. Because you missed out very recently. It was a beer festival or something? Yeah, beer fest. And then there was summer sessions as, or Sunday sessions. Yeah. Oh, you were going to be playing that. Fantastic. Yeah, which was going to be great. I love oh, all of those like city council things. are so fun and... Yeah, that was going to be great, but I think it's the okay. Dark Room's looking for a couple of yeah, yeah. sub 100 gigs. Yep, yeah, true. There you go. I think a lot of people might like to see that at least. It's a good call, actually. Call it a call it a tester. Yeah, maybe for some of the new material. So we have got Get Angry, which is released today. I have heard the song. Cool. Uh, it's a very cool song. I feel there's underlying angst in the song, even though it's not your typical distorted guitars and I'm going to destroy the world but maybe it's I'm you know I'm quietly angry mm. about the world is that is that the vibe yeah you're right that is buried in there somewhere yeah and it almost feels like a pretty happy song yes you know? yeah no there is there is yeah. that element to it but it's kind of uh, there's a yeah, dichotomy yeah, yeah I yeah I mean that's kind of the whole thing that I wanted to do as well as um I'm a f- super happy person and it's not about actually being angry angry or being depressed or anything like that Mm -hmm. well the reason i wrote the song is i was walking to the car one day yeah and i was just having a slightly average day like a first world problems average day okay and i was like come on you've got to you got to pick yourself up you're fine you know and it was one of those moments where i there's some something broody happening and i was like man and then this song idea of sometimes i get angry popped into my head and that's the whole thing and from there whatever happens lyrically in the song is just examples of yeah and and i was just just building on that but there is some angst in there yeah but it's relatively light-hearted mm-hmm. yeah what is the secret to your happiness i really like being busy but okay. not too busy i'd say a good balance is really cool for me and definitely working on music is great and if all of your relationships are great um yep. then life's pretty good that sounds exciting. coffee coffee's good good food yep. yeah all of that kind the of stuff. The simple things. Yeah. Is there any particular moment musically in the song that you you love or like a lot more than other moments in the song? I really, just the main thing that I feel proud of with this song is um, there's some restraint in it. Mm. And it's a recent mm. thing for me. And I just feel like I'm always learning. And that's just a thing that I've picked up on a wee while, on, a wee while before producing this. And that was kind of my aim is don't, don't overproduce it and doesn't have to be super dynamic or super challenging. And this was kind of my song where I just wanted it to be nice to listen to yeah, and to be kind of easygoing. And um, a lot of the time before that, I felt a need to make the song structurally really complex and have it okay. be super loud and then quiet and yeah. fast and slow. And um, yeah, it was really nice to just make something that was just cruising and mm wasn't um looking at its watch you know have many people uh in your circle heard this yeah i'm a fan of showing people things i've worked on 
so yeah anybody any family and friends that i have um i've definitely been dishing out a dropbox link yeah to lots of people when was the last piece or how much work has there been between the nomad-esque stuff and this how much has sort of been out in the world the last thing that nomad would have released might have been in 2020 yeah okay that's a guess Okay. It's but roughly that time, I'd say about two years ago, two and a half years ago. Yeah. Now. Um, so it's been a while, but a lot of the stuff, or at least a few of the songs, were ideas that never made it into the band. Okay. You know, and I could expand on them or Okay. But I don't think very many of those have made them through. But when I was deciding which songs to put on this EP, there would have been 50 songs or something. Because I've been writing when I, since I was 15. And yep. there were always Quite little neat. things where yep. you'd be like, oh, maybe this doesn't suit the band. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Do you ever Frankenstein some of your old ideas together? A, B, C? I don't think I've ever done that. I think okay. uh, the only thing that might resemble that a little bit is um, if I'm writing two songs at the same time. Okay. Or if I'm writing however, like five little mm-hmm. ideas and mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, this thing could definitely Good. go with that thing. I, but I don't think I've had a complete song and gone, okay, chorus is going to go into this other song. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should listen to it. This is new from Goodwill released today. Get angry.
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Goodwill on Plains FM 96.9. Normally I go into, um, let's look back at your younger self and what you do differently, but I just want to kick into um, how would you describe yourself as a producer? What kind of person are you? I try to just be a very balanced person because okay. I, I know when I'm being the artist, your, your head is in a million places and it comes with a lot more weight, you know, every decision. You're not just like here's a guitar part, you're like, does this guitar tone really represent me as a human forever? You know, and you overthink everything. And so I think I'm always trying to just counterbalance that and um, help people move on when something's good enough and Mm -hmm. keep life in things. Mm. Yeah, and I hope I am just like relaxed and easy to work with, with producing and encourage people to try out all of their horrible ideas just like i expect them to be cool with me trying out all of my horrible ideas yep especially with recording it's not live you know and you can try a million things and if it sucks it's fine yeah you know yeah delete it uh is there stuff that you look back on that you produce and you go maybe i could have done better i don't often go down like a um a rabbit hole of comparing work that i've just done to something that's really old yeah but even something that's three months old, I'll look back on, or something that I've done today, you know, I'll look back on okay. and, and go, ah, oh, okay, I probably should have moved that mic or I could have mixed that better. Or Are there some things where you've gone, my God, that still stands the test of time. That was brilliant and I still love it and it was amazing. <laughs> I wish. No, uh, there are definitely things, but it's mostly for music. I'm not the biggest sound geek or the, yep. the biggest um, guy who's obsessed with mixing or anything like that and yeah it's mostly things where it's because the artist has a cool song and i can go back to it and yep. go oh, sweet i'm enjoying listening yep. to this yeah yeah um you just started shirley let's look at that time in your life at least um is there anything you'd say to that young man and his and his short pants <laughs> turning up at the school gates the only thing that i would think of saying is to just have a slightly better work ethic but i also think there's really something valuable in just messing around especially when you're young yeah you know you want to be having fun and yep. i think half the time when people are forced to take especially something like music yeah really seriously they yep. end up you know in four years they're sick of it and yeah. they want to go be a farmer or something you know um if music didn't exist what would you be doing i would like to think i'd be doing something else creative if the arts didn't exist uh if the arts didn't exist well when i was younger i always wanted to be a vet okay so there you go yeah i would i would be a vet and probably cry at all of the animals dying. yeah but yeah. um yeah i was always drawn to being a vet and then music came along and a little bit easier yeah on on the yeah your little soul you know? yeah indeed yeah you're in your i say early 20s and you are mature beyond your years i feel potentially Maybe it's your outlook and maybe it's because of your musical experiences, at least. What do you want to do? The world opens up eventually and we can we can travel. Where do you want to go? Who do you want to play with? I think I have almost every unfulfilled um, musical desire. I've, there are so many things that I want to do. Um, yeah. And not like I'm not proud of anything that I've done mm-hmm. to date, but... Um, there are heaps of people I'd really love to work with and mm. lots of producers I'd love to work with. Yeah, it's mostly about st- studio stuff and making okay. awesome songs with people, whether it's yeah. my music or producing something. That's kind of the thing that I 
am really chasing. You talked about Brad Banks earlier and you talked about um, being managed um, by uh, Lorraine at least and there's an element of mentorship and teachers along the way. Um, have you been able to do anything of that nature? Yeah, I've, I did a little bit of work for Sasha at um, Soul Music Academy mm-hmm. and Sasha started that and um, yeah, that was a chance for me to be helping people who are at the very beginning of their journeys, yep. which was super fun and really fun to f- kind of step into the shoes of an artist that you're definitely not. That's you know equally as interesting for me to be helping um, a 15-year-old who's like a SoundCloud rapper or something. And yep. You know, that you learn so much from that stuff. I wow, feel like okay. I was constantly learning yep. and just getting better at being a communicator and um, listening to, yeah, trying to listen to things that might help people. Stuff like that is immediately useful in production or life yep. to be communicating properly. Yeah. But yeah, I've I've done quite a bit of that over the last years and I've kind of got too busy now and I'm just doing producing. But yeah. um, I definitely like to be doing that stuff in the future. And um, I feel like I'm just at the beginning of my whole thing as well but i'm definitely definitely love if i can ever help anybody who's mm. starting and needs to be introduced to anybody or anything like that not that i'm mr connections but yeah what are you looking for potentially i'm a i'm a let's say i'm a young artist and let's say i've written a handful of songs or something like this um and i want to i want to get them recorded um what do you want to see first mm. off to consider whether you're you know, mm. work or produce for them? What do you want to see? The main thing is just good songs. Okay. And anything else is kind of salvageable. Yep. Even if, if someone has awesome songs, it doesn't matter if they're like out of tune half the time. You know, if yep. they're going to be communicating something, yep. then I'm usually pretty keen. And just people who seem like they are super keen to be recording as okay. well. And you wouldn't want to be in a session with someone who's not, doesn't want to be not too fast. or. Yep. Um, which I don't think I've actually ever had, but um, mm. yeah, just people who make you feel excited, especially yep. if they have a vision, yep. you know, and they're like, we want to sound like X thing from the seventies or, yep. you know, okay, we just want these kinds of guitar sounds. Yep. And then you can kind of be like, oh, okay, cool. I kind of get this and yep. you're kind of off. Yeah. All right. Let's wait for that phone to ring even more than it already is. I'm sure. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back uh, with... Will McGillivray, and we're going to play Mini Quiz. There's only one way to settle this. There is another way. Visit miniquiz.com and see how your general knowledge stacks up against friends, family, and Darren down the road. It's free and a great way to get you ready for the big leagues. Visit miniquiz.com now. That's M-I-N-I-Q-W-I-Z.com and show everyone who the quizit in your neighborhood really is. Miniquiz.com. Start small and do them all. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Goodwill on Plains FM 96.9. We're going to play mini quiz and I'm going to ask you 10 questions and you're going to have 60 seconds to answer those 10 questions. And if you don't know the answer, just say pass. I'm scared. You're scared? Yeah. Don't be scared. Okay, I'm going to, I'll smash it. Okay. Yeah, good. That's a great attitude. I want to bring, bring some happiness into the situation. All right, Will, your time starts now. New York, New York became a signature song for which musician? Uh, Frank Sinatra. The 1979 movie The Rose, starring Bette Midler, was loosely based on the life of which singer? Pass. 
Vanessa Carlton's hit A Thousand Miles was used in the soundtrack to which Reese Witherspoon movie? Pass. What colour were the balloons in the English version of 99 Luftballons? Oh no, pass. What's the first name of the Smiths frontman Morrissey? Um, oh, I so know Morrissey. Uh, oh my god. I don't know. Okay. I do know, but I don't. Okay, we'll say, we'll say that's the pass. What's the name of the American comedian who released Arsehole in 1993? I also don't know that. Okay, a long time ago. What's the name of the Santana album that ranks in the top 20 selling albums of all time? I do not indulge with Santana. Your, your time is, is up. You've got a couple in there. Or one at least. That oh, was yes. really bad. I know. I'm sorry. They're terrible questions. I'm very, very sorry. I'll give you another couple at the end. Okay. Uh, Frank Sinatra, well done. Uh, the Rose was about Janis Joplin. Okay. Um, that Reese Witherspoon movie was Legally Blonde. Also made into a musical. There you go. Uh, 99 Red Balloons. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Stephen. Stephen Morrissey. I didn't actually know his name was Stephen. Oh, well, I've there never you go. even thought that that guy even has... Yeah? He yeah, has a first name. He just yeah. becomes like Cher or Madonna. Yeah. Or... Gaga. <laughs> um, uh, Dennis Leary released Arsehole in 93. Uh, that Santana album was Supernatural. Um, I will give you one. What name is given to someone who repairs string guitars? Or makes them even? A luthier? Yes, well done. Oh, nice. I didn't give you two because I'm okay. you know, feeling right. kind of generous. Um, Get Angry is released today, yeah. which is, is very exciting. We don't know as and when... Uh, the EP is is coming out, um, and I guess gigs are put on hold. So, mm. what about some? Um, I don't know. What about some live to web performances? Have you considered doing anything like that? Yeah, I've got some live, uh, like little studio sessions that are coming up with each song that oh, I'm releasing. Super cool. Yeah. So yeah. There's, there's are, there are six songs on the EP, and um, I've got together with a friend of mine, and we filmed the six songs live with a little drum machine yep. or with a just a guitar or something. Yeah. Yeah, so they'll be coming out as each song comes out. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. We've got one more track coming up today, and it's from an artist, Blake Mills, mm. and the song Women Know. Now, you said that Blake does some producing for Beck? I think so. He f- kind of produces for everything I like ever. Yeah. Um, one of those people. Yeah, he's a, someone I listen to heaps and um, try to learn stuff from. What's the most left field thing that you've got into recently? Because there is a vibe in the songs that you've chosen today. Anything out there in, in Will yeah, Land? Yeah, for sure. Um, a couple of things I've been listening to recently. There's an amazing band from the Sahara Desert called Tanariwen. Okay. Um, and they make music that is just completely foreign when you're someone who comes from the Western world. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, it's just so eye-opening listening to that and being like, wow, you really don't have to have guitar parts and yep. write in 4-4 and yep. know, all of these yep. things. So if, again, that's that thing of kind of expanding your horizons a little bit by listening to that stuff. But that's an amazing band. Um, the other thing I've been listening to quite a lot recently, Black Mills and... Um, Pino Palladino, you know, okay. Pino yep. bass bassist, yeah, yeah, yeah. plays they, with everyone. Yeah, yeah, yep. they, they did an album called Notes with Attachments, and that is super challenging, but mm-hmm. also just great to listen to. Yeah, um, and so that's a sweet spot, you know. Okay. Um, and the other thing, which is 
which just makes me shake my head because I don't understand it, but in a good way. Okay. It confuses me and it baffles me and I love it is um, Sophie. Have you ever heard of the artist Sophie? No. She passed away maybe two or three years ago, but mm-hmm. her music is out of this world. You mm. should listen to it. It is f- it's just beyond what you thought was even possible. Okay. It's mind-blowing. Yeah. But I love listening to it. And sometimes Radiohead. Radiohead have a song called, I think it's called Pool slash Polk Revolving Doors. Mm. And it's the freakiest song I've ever heard. And I love that too. Where do you sit on um, Conan Moccasin? I think Conan Moccasin is sick. Yeah. I think he's super cool. I actually saw him live at Laneway a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. Which was awesome. Is he kind of an elusive guy? I wouldn't know. I don't know a lot about him. I've listened recently and in that challenging space, mm. he's there Yeah, for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, it seems like he started a whole wave of music a couple yeah. of years ago, Yeah, which is amazing. Maybe the same way that um, Chris Knox did, yeah. you know, yeah. years ago. Yeah. I'm so obsessed with that era yeah. of music. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been cool. amazing to have you on the show. Thank yeah, you so much for, pleasure. Your, for your candor and um, just talking about all the stuff you've got going on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you.
Thanks for being here today on Garden of Sound and thanks to Goodwill for joining me on what was a stinking hot afternoon in my shed. Will's latest single, Get Angry, is available now on all your favourite platforms and I thoroughly recommend you heading to gardenofsound.nz to get all of Will's social links to follow his release schedule and potential performance dates. Next week, I've got the wonderful Oriana Sets on the show, all the way from Ecuador via Berkeley. I'm Ian Turner, and this has been Garden of Sound. Till next week, keep well, keep listening, and keep playing. Enohorah.